Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Atchison. What's up, Paul? No, not too much, man. Glad to be back recording with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So Paul and I had a chance to to catch up a little bit. Summer's been good for everyone, which is awesome. Look, we always want to be respectful of everyone's time and keep these to 10 minutes. So we're going to jump right in. Paul, what's the uh, question? Well, I think the first question is, Justin, why cannot you keep this under 10 minutes? Because if I had to place blame, and I'm not a blamer, <laughs> I feel like it's it's you. But you know, it might be me too. Let's just. But this one's going to stay under 10, and we're 40 seconds in, so let's get rolling. You know, the question is, how do I take off time from the practice without worrying about it? So how do, how do I like close the practice for a week and just not, I just want to have fun. I want a vacation with my family. I don't know. How do I do this? Like, I, I hate it. How do we do it, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's definitely a point that a lot of solo practice owners stress about because you feel like if you're not there, nobody's there looking out for the practice. And I think the benefit that we have in a lot of our practices, we have partner docs and partner docs are are present. If there's not one, sometimes there's two. And so it does help because you're not closing down a practice completely. Now, that's really the concern, isn't it? That we're going to lose revenue, or if it's not me there and it's my associate there, then the things that allow us to be productive and profitable won't happen and just erode all joy on your vacation, right? You don't want to be sitting on a beach or flying with your kids and you know getting texts or emails. So here's, here's how I look at it. The first thing is, you need to set the appropriate year up by by figuring out what do you want to produce? What do you need, right? Less all the days you're away, all the closures, all the vacation time. And that will allow you to arrive at a daily production goal. A lot of people hear that and they say, well, I don't like to look at it that way. I don't like to treatment plan that way. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, your goal should be to treatment plan comprehensively regardless, right? But now that you have a, a goal, you may be able to insert more new patients or more procedures in a particular day. Just get creative with scheduling to help you arrive at that goal in an honest, ethical way, right? Whatever works for you. But if you don't have that per production goal, then it's really hard. Of course, you're going to be stressed because you don't know where you're headed. You don't know where you're at. So I would say build in the vacation into that and remove it from the number of days so you know how many days you're actually working in a year. And then you can come up with those goals and then you can go away stress-free. That's That's part one. Part two is... If you have team members there that are also going to be present, maybe working with another dentist, you definitely want to have the faith that you have a A player on board, right? Like you're not going to leave a team of C players to work with someone for two weeks or a month and expect to come back and not have any problems, particularly if you were the one responsible for micromanagement. So I always tell dentists, look at your micromanagement index, okay? How many fires are you putting out? How much micromanagement are you doing? And if you're doing a lot, then yeah, you should be nervous about going on vacation. But what you should be more nervous about is the fact that day in, day out, you're burning yourself out. You're burning the the candle at both ends because you're micromanaging. So I think you should really be focusing on having a team you trust so that you can delegate more and you can have them do a lot more. I think that's how you go away. And that's how I got an opportunity to move to Florida for two and a half years while my six offices were running relatively well on their own uh, without much intervention other than a macro perspective, regular meetings, regular phone calls, looking at data, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, you know, and I think it's cool. I took off maybe, I'm trying to think back like when I was just a solo practitioner. I maybe took off four weeks my first year open and then maybe six weeks the second the second year open. Like now I'm up to like 14 weeks a year I'm taking off. But I think of like these offices that don't have associates. And, and I can tell you from experience, it feels much better leaving the practice when you have an associate there still to produce but when you leave it, you're as the solo doc, it's, it's a little bit more tough because you're sitting there on vacation. You're like, oh man, like this vacation has cost this much money, but it's also costing the money I didn't produce this week. And that's how I always thought about it. And that's what I thought was hard. So I would say, you know, if you're the solo doc, what you said, Justin, is if you have your production goal for the year and you, you know that you're on track for it and you reverse engineer it by scheduling or other protocols to make sure you're hitting your production goal, who cares? You hit your goal. You hit the number you set out to do. But I think us as dentists, we always want to say more, more, more. And that's why I think a lot of people don't like to schedule to production because they go, well, if somebody shows up in my schedule and they want to do it today, we should do it today. And if you're scheduling to production, you already hit your goal for the day, put them on another day so you can hit your goal another day. You just have a little more consistent production. But I think if you have that number and you hit it, you should be more comfortable leaving And I I think another thing that I did, and I think it's worth saying, is that I would always take off the weeks of like Labor Day, Memorial Day, Christmas, and just the ones that I would already probably be off anyway, because I would be off for the holiday. And then I heard another consultant say this, and I did this one year. If you make sure that every month has four weeks, there's going to be some months that just have, they have a few extra days in there. So you still got your four weeks of production but then you leave that fifth week. So if it's like the last like three days of the month or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you still made sure that you did four weeks a month. So if you did that, you could take off you know four weeks a year because you'd still work 48 weeks. So just little things that we can do. But I think that that time off is it's so critical. And what the hell are we working for anyway? Some of my best weeks of my life have been on vacation with my family where I literally shut the practice off. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that stuff. I'm just going to focus on the family. And we leave every vacation going, why the hell don't we do this more often? Why don't we take more weeks off and take more trips together and focus on each other? Because that's what I think it's about. And you can't always be grinding. We've got to resist that urge to grind. And I think it's in a dental owner, it's it's built in our blood, but it's it's definitely something we need to be conscious about. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it leads me to the second part of this. We talked about, you know, practice related things and kind of strategic planning you can do from a productivity standpoint, you know, have the associate doc or maybe a team member who's there. So there's production. So those are in office things. But then I think a lot of it is just who you are, right? You can have everything perfectly done and you'll always find an excuse not to go on vacation. And I was guilty of that for a period of time in my life too. And a lot of it is because you don't have the ability to unplug. So you wonder, what am I going to do on the vacation anyway? A lot of the resistance, I think, and when I talk to docs about going on vacation, I'll ask them, coaching clients of mine too, I'll say like, what are you going to do when you go on vacation? Just people who I know who I'm sort of in a way, maybe even calling out a little bit because, you know, I know really if they go on vacation, they're going to be checking their email, they're going to be calling into the practice. Like, why are you actually planning on going on vacation? Do you plan on if you have an intention, like my intention is to block off two weeks in my schedule to enhance my relationship with my kids, my family, be present for those moments, not think about the office. And when the office pops into my mind, I'm going to actively do whatever I can to take a breath, whatever it is, put that off my radar. I'm not going to touch my phone or even read email for two weeks. That's what I'm going to do. 
And so it's funny, I, when I had 12 practices a while back here, I was all over the place. You know, we didn't know what we were doing in certain ways. And so we're flying by the seat of our pants and I had put in all these different programs. I was responding to all kinds of emails. I was getting up to 350 emails a week at one point. Okay. Wow. Like, like things that I had to respond to. That's insane. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And so someone told me at the time, they're like, Hey, have you ever just thought of just not responding to the emails and seeing what happens? <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's what I did. I laughed, right? I was like, no, they're kidding. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Like just stop. And you'll find out which of these things are actually important because people will follow up with you. And I did that. And I did that for a month. I didn't reply to any email. And I only got responses from a few of like the main folks who were like, Hey, like, I really need an answer on this. Why are you ghosting me? Why are you not talking? You know, then you realize where your efforts are actually needed. In fact, a lot of people were happy when I told them why I did it. I said, look, I went off the, the radar. You own this lane. You don't need me for these things. You go ahead. And what really was born from that is the, was the delegation, the ability to delegate, the understanding that I am the bottleneck in most cases. So I need to put in a system and a process that can exist without me. And I don't need to be there to supervise it because I should only have to look at stuff once a week, once a month. And if I have to do it more than that, it's because I got a really crappy system or I'm micromanaging and have not empowered my team to do more. So that's what I learned from that. And so I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I I want to add a few things. And we're totally going over 10 minutes this time because I want to say this. You know, it's funny you say about the email not responding. I started scheduling my email responses because I want to respond right away. I started just I said, you know what, I'm just going to check them at night. I'll check them in the morning. And I respond and I schedule them two days later. I don't do that with you, Justin. I promise. (laughs) But like with certain issues, because what happens is they freaking work themselves out without you. You, They don't need you. And I do the same thing with texts. You know, if it's a text about work, I will schedule it. I won't do it two days, but I'll schedule it like maybe three or four hours from then because I want to respond to it right away. But I just want to put it off because I hate when I when I have somebody bother me or something. I say bother, but practice related things. And I text them back and they text me right back. And it's just like, for me, it's like, I already have so much going on, but I I just want to add those two little tips, you know, and I want to add one more thing is I said, I take 14 weeks off a year. That sounds so glamorous to listeners. I'm not on vacation 14 weeks a year. I'm just not seeing patients. And I would tell you probably half of those weeks I'm in the practice for like a day or two, just doing things that, but it's, it's because I choose to, I choose to do that. And I feel good about that. And that's what I want to do with my time on probably the other seven weeks I'm actually traveling. So I wanted to clarify that, that I'm not making my life sound more awesome than it really is. You know, <laughs> it's 14 weeks sounds like a lot to people. But hey, we, we went a little over 10 minutes. We did good. I like it. We're rolling on. If you guys got questions, send them in to info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. And if you're interested in learning more about what me and Justin put out there, go to dentalbusinessmentor.com and, you know, and sign up. So I, I know you'll like the videos and stuff. So check those out. Anything you to add, Justin? No, we're good, man. I appreciate that. Cool. Let's go.